The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bleed green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Friday morning here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. The countdown is in earnest for the start of Eagle season. Just 18 days till they report down at the Novacare Complex. And yeah, we're getting excited and pumped up. We appreciate all you guys who stream in this early. If you're already listening to Birds 365, thank you very much. You've just officially achieved diehard status. Uh, those of you who get in here, Bright and early for the entire two-hour foray of Eagle Conversation. Thank you very much. If you want to hit the like button, we we won't be upset by that. Uh, But appreciate you getting with us for the entire show. Johnny Mac, we got two hours of good Eagle Conversation. Two good Eagle guests, Eagle-specific guests. Yesterday, we had uh, Vinny Serrato on, former executive at both the uh, 49ers and the Skins Now talk show host in uh, Baltimore these days. I was kind of bummed not having Vinny on, not because he's Vinny, because he's always a good guest, but by what he had to say, because, you know, I've been singing the praises, trying to open the door for Patrick Queen to be delivered here to Philadelphia, because my major question is uh, still at linebacker for the Eagles. I think they got a damn good roster. I think they're the favorites to win the NFC again, but I have Nicholas Morrow questions as a starter going into the season and it seemed that Patrick was Queen was just a guy who made sense uh, that they chose not to pick up his fifth year option as a first round draft pick, uh, that they drafted a linebacker in the early third round to potentially fill in for Patrick Queen. It sounds to me and Vinny's there all the time covering the, the Ravens and uh, is tight with their coaching staff and their front office. 
it doesn't sound like they're looking to move Patrick Queen anytime through. And I know you guys have been holding the line. I've been saying I'd be willing to give up a, a day two pick for him. And you've been saying Howie Roseman will not give up a day two pick for a linebacker. You've got no chance of getting Patrick Queen for a day three pick. Um, well, I think you got no chance of getting Patrick Queen because they're not going to trade him. I mean, before I got to that, now from the Eagles' perspective, if he was on the market, um, I don't think they would go to a day two pick. So it's kind of like back and forth. Well, he's not on the market, so I, I don't think he's going to be on the market no matter what because Baltimore thinks they're a Super Bowl contender, which they're a very good team. I said, if they're in the NFC, I told Benny, they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't know if they are on the AFC side because it's so difficult. But from their perspective, they want to they want to go for it. They want to try to win. Um, and, you know, a rookie third-round pick. I think people overblew the not picking up the fifth-year option. And Benny, being the executive, former executive he is, brought up a lot of good points. One, we always talk about labels, you and I. Drives me crazy, you know, Pepe, uh, Hassan Reddick, he's a linebacker. Nolan Smith's a linebacker. Why can't you play Nolan Smith at all? He's a linebacker. It says he's a linebacker. Play him instead of Nicholas Morrow. Two completely different positions. Now, here's where it becomes problem for people like Benny or people like Howie Roseman. Um you know, when you start talking about options and things like that and franchise tag, and they still have these antiquated labels, right? Linebacker means linebacker. So if you list the guy as a linebacker, doesn't matter if he's off ball, doesn't matter if he's edge, he's a linebacker. So all the transition tags, the franchise tags, the option tags, uh, they're all the same uh, for each position. Now, Obviously, the fifth-year option has to do with where you're selected. Right. But the franchise, the transition tags, that's a little bit different. So the from the larger tr strategy position, and you've seen this around the league, and I brought this up a number of times, it used to be a death knell. If you didn't pick up the fifth-year option or first-round pick, you're done with them. It's no longer a death knell at certain positions, and it happened three times this offseason where teams didn't pick up uh, the fifth-year option and they re-signed the players anyway. Um, it, it's not that they didn't like the players. It's that they saw the positions. They saw the value. They said, that's not worth it. Let's just renegotiate. They end up having a good year or good enough year, and you, you revisit it and potentially re-sign that particular player. Now, in Patrick Queen's instance, I don't think they're going to bring him back, but you never know. Uh, I, and I'm talking about not this year. I'm talking about next year. The problem with them is they're already playing Roquan Smith at all. You can't pay two all Paul linebackers. Well, you can. Chicago proved it. Um, San Francisco, to a degree, uh, proves it. Um and incidentally, those are probably the two best off-ball linebackers teams in the league because they're willing to pay the players. Right. Funny how that works out. Um, but most teams don't want to do that, and I don't think Baltimore wants to do it. So ultimately, he'll go. 
But the reality is they they're a Super Bowl contender. Trenton Simmons isn't Simpson isn't ready. They're gonna try to win and deal with it themselves. And if, if Patrick Queen plays well and plays himself into this big contract, then the then the Eagles aren't gonna sign him. Somebody will sign him and they'll get the compensatory pick. So it works both ways depending on what they do in free agency, because obviously if they sign other players, it could uh, cross that out, but there's a lot of options and Vinny kind of brought them all up. And the reason, but the number one reason is they think they're a super bowl contender and, and they should trade them. Yeah. Any, any year you make your quarterback, the highest paid quarterback as fleet moving as that can be. We've noted several times Jalen Hurts was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for less than a week because Lamar signed immediately thereafter. And we're waiting on Burrow and Herbert to potentially pass Lamar as the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Any offseason you do that, you went through the entire year playing the game of Patsy with Lamar back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I will absolutely say that because of the Jalen Hurts contract that basically made the Lamar Jackson contract doable. If Jalen wasn't getting Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, Lamar said, yeah, I'm not getting that either. Seeing as he was the runner up for the MVP and I missed a whole boatload of games last year where the Eagles did the Ravens a major uh, solid by getting the deal done with uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Any year like that, you have to go in with the, we're competing yeah. this year. We're yeah. not, we're, uh, taking a step back to take two forwards at a future date. No, we're in. We're yeah. in this no, year. They, they I'm a hundred percent. I'm a. I agree with Baltimore. Look, I hate teams, um, and I hate the philosophy. It's really overriding sports as a whole, not just the NFL, because I'm. I'm and it's creeping into my mind. I look at Baltimore and say, "Well, that's a pretty good team." And as I said. If you put them in the NFC, it's a legitimate contender because there's not a lot of great teams. But if you ask me, are they better than Kansas City? Well, no. Are they better than Buffalo? Probably not. And there's a number of other teams. You look at the AFC East. You look at the AFC North. They're both loaded. What if what if Deshaun Watson turns into Deshaun Watson from Houston? How loaded is is the AFC North if that happens? Um it, it, there's so many good teams. I look at it logically and say, well, Baltimore's probably not going to go to the Super Bowl. But then on the other hand, I look at, and we talk about Minnesota on the, on the NFC side, they win 13 games and they throw up their hands. Look, I can't agree with that. Uh, from, a, from a holistic standpoint, I agree with them. Yeah, you're not really a contender, but I hate that mentality of, Oh, we won 13 games, but we got lucky. <laughs> what, what, what is that? And you get you, you unplug it and say, we got to rebuild. I I hate that mentality. So I'm not going to criticize Baltimore for their thinking. That's the way you have to think. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to believe in you. I mean, it's as simple as that. And as I was trying to point out with Lamar Jackson. Sometimes your moves dictate it. If, if you sign Lamar Jackson, they could have gotten the, yeah, let's take a step backwards to take two forward a future day. Not in a year where you're paying your quarterback, making him the highest paid quarterback in the game. You can't. You can't send those mixed messages to your team, to your fan base, or to anybody else. 
I was just hoping because I really like the player. I love them kind of coming out of LSU. I love the progress that he's made over his three years. This could be a breakout year for him. And I thought that this would be a fine place for him to have that breakout year here in Philadelphia with the Eagles. But it doesn't look like Baltimore is moving off him. And if they did, they'd be asking for a price that the Eagles just seem to be unwilling to pay. I still Maybe something that maybe the kid from Clemson steps up and plays huge in preseason and they do believe he's ready to step in and play. Yeah, I'm doubting it. Uh, so get ready for your your Nicholas Morrow season here in, in Philadelphia. But hey, Howie Roseman's got the entire preseason to potentially do something else. All right. Let me ask you about guy you mentioned. That would be Hassan Reddick, uh, who you and I both agree. He's an edge player. You want to call him a defensive end? Go ahead. You want to call him an outside linebacker? Go ahead. He's, for me, really neither one of those. He's a he's an edge player. We have to create new descriptive adjectives for NFL players as the league and the game changes. He's an edge guy. But for the purpose of the question I'm going to ask John, I'm going to call him a defensive end, okay? Because he's not a linebacker. You can list him as a linebacker, put him on the roster as a linebacker. He's not going to be dropping back into coverage. He's not going to be playing five yards off the line of scrimmage. So he's not, in my mind, what I think of as a linebacker or a linebacker. But uh, we will look at him as a defensive end for today's conversation. They got a bunch of defensive ends on this team, John. Uh, we know who the main rotational guys will be, Reddick and Graham and Sweat. We assume Smith's going to play. I have some concerns about that. Not because I don't think Smith's going to be a very good player. I do. And I think the Eagles got him at a value spot at the end of the first round. I think he could have been drafted higher than that. But we need to find out what the new defensive corner thinks of playing rookies and getting them up to speed. Uh, last year, there were very few rookies, uh, except for Jordan Davis, who got a significant time. Reed Blankenship did just because he had to. Because there, there were no other options when CJGJ went down with an injury. So I think Smith is going to pl be uh, play, but maybe less than the top three. Uh, he might not get as many snaps as the others. But Barnett and the Johnson brothers, Patrick and Chiron and Taron Jackson. How many defensive ends can this team actually keep? If you've got your four, Count Smith is one of the four main rotational guys. Barnett, both Johnsons and Jackson, that's eight guys. They're not well, you keeping can cross, you, you can cross Chiron off the list. They moved Chiron to off-ball linebacker. They're trying to find a place for him on the roster. You don't think they're going to play him any on the edge? No. Um, just because of what you said. Um, and, and they're really trying to find a place so he can play special teams anyway. Um, that was his reputation coming in, um, that he might be a really good special teams player. Didn't really develop that way as a rookie, but still tremendously athletic. Uh, Michael Clay often brings up, there's a lot of differences between college special teams and NFL special teams. So there's a lot of learning uh, to go on, rule changes, differences, uh, different philosophies, things like that. But um yeah, I mean they're going to be they're going to keep a lot of defensive linemen, but you can't go much past ten. You could probably squeak until eleven if you really like somebody. Well, I was talking to an executive. I mentioned this on the show. 
outside of Philadelphia, not with the Eagles, said they had 17 or 18 legit NFL defensive linemen, front players. Again, I'm talking edge rushers um, and interior combined. That's freaking unbelievable. And I'm not talking, you know, he's talking about guys like Janarius Robinson, who's probably an NFL player, um, Contavious Street, who's an NFL player that might not even make this team because they're so deep, um, but they deserve to be somewhere in the NFL. They're they're probably going to keep five edge rushers, and it's going to be – it's going to be Reddick. It's going to be Sweat. It's going to be Brandon Graham. It's going to be Nolan Smith. And then it depends. We've talked about Derek Barnett a lot. I don't think they want to carry Derek Barnett as the fifth uh, defensive end. Uh, I think they want to move him. I think they want to trade him if they can. If they do, ultimately, if he proves he's healthy, then that that probably opens that final slot for Patrick Johnson. Um or Janarius Robinson. I mean, Janarius Robinson, we haven't seen him yet. Well, you know, people like me have seen him. First of all, he looks like he could play. I mean, that guy is, he's the Tyree Jackson of the defense. He is just so impressive physically. Um, you know, they might want to keep him in that direction. But then you have to toggle the interior they might right. be deeper on the interior than they are on the edge because they they want to keep somebody like moro jomo's a seventh round pick can they i don't know you know they like marlin to eat below too we'll see if he's able to come back from the, from an injury guys like this they want to keep noah ellis christian's brother simply because they want to back up for jordan davis and all of a sudden, if you lose Jordan Davis again for a month, say, well, who's playing nose tackle? Then you got to make people like, is Contavious Street? I brought him up. Is he going to make it? It's a four or five year NFL player who's been on good defenses, San Francisco and New Orleans. Um, they're so deep on the defensive line, but you can't go much past 10. You can't, you could probably finagle it. To get to not, 11 if you're not, weaker. Not if you want your special teams to be good. And you and I both know that was one of the Eagle, I, I come up short of calling a weakness, but one of their less strong areas was special teams last year. And I think part of that was because when in doubt, they'll give that extra roster spot to the trench, be it either offensive line or defensive line, which is good. And you get to keep your depth and you believe in your guys. Yeah, but when guys are been making big plays against you on special teams, I fear to do this, but the Super Bowl would be one example. You can't go, oh, how do we let that? Well, that's because you didn't dedicate roster spots to getting the best yeah. of your special teams and players. They said they, you kept they, an extra man in the, the trenches. And they've gotten away from that. They used to do that with Dave when Dave Phipp was here. They'd have one or two guys who are just special teams players. And, yeah, it's not – sexy but sometimes it's needed but if, if you do that those guys better be good at it they better be really good at it and yep. in other words Kyron Johnson I'm telling you they're they're trying to find a roster spot for him well he better stink and produce if they're doing that um and there's questions if that's going to happen 
Ben he's Van Sumeren, keep an eye on him as well, the rookie. Right, um, but that's he's a quote-unquote linebacker, and I know we get dicey with definitions. He's an unquestioned linebacker, and the Eagles don't really have uh, a love affair with linebackers. Will they do it just for a special teams guy? If he's that good, yeah, maybe is the answer. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, Mac and Mac Birds, 365. We're going to get a new guest up here. We've never had Rob Kessner, Eagles senior producer for NBC10, join us. We always like to get new voices and new faces into the mix. Rob Kessner up next with us on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Welcome back, guys, here on Birds 365 Football Friday. Only 18 days till Eagles training camp opens up. And here's a guy who will be there on the regular for NBC 10, 
uh, working with and making sure John Clark's hair is completely in place. And if not, he can got to be difficult, Rob. Yeah, there's zero chance that's happening, but thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Feel free <laughs> to smack him upside the head any chance you get. Rob yes, Kessler. that I'll do. Yeah. From NBC 10, good enough to jump on board with us. All right, Rob, you've been through this before. The wait before Eagles training camp. We do it to a lesser extent with the Phillies, and that's a little different because it's a countdown to Clearwater. you got to get up and get out of town to be able to go what the Phillies get a season underway. Eagles, you just got to have a pass to get down to the Novacare complex. How big is this upcoming season for the Eagles off the off a Super Bowl appearance this year? How much juice you're going to find in the Novacare complex when you're off there in a couple of weeks? So I would say that uh, I've been around it for a few years and uh, happen to recall the T.O. year and what that was like when the Eagles added T.O. in Lehigh when fans could come to training camp. Uh, you won't have the same feel in that regard because you don't have fans at the Novacare every day. But I would get I would tell you my best gauge of this would be over this past summer, uh, Devontae Smith's celebrity softball game. Now, look, with all due respect to the guys and all their efforts swinging a bat, they're football players playing softball. Sold out crowd, not a seat to be had, 10,000 strong at Iron Pig Stadium, Coca-Cola Park. And to me, that's the best example I can give you of the excitement that surrounds the Eagles right now. I think we're going to see it, uh, and I think it's going to be significant. I think fans are ready for it. Although I will say the Phillies getting hot certainly diverts attention for a little bit. But once the uh, Phil, the uh, Eagles get back on the field, I think it's all attention on the birds. By the way, Rob, I think the Eagles like that when training camp starts. You know, the, the yeah. Phillies get a little bit hot, and, and people start paying attention to them and maybe give the Eagles a little bit of a pass through the summer. And then, obviously, when the season starts, it's ramping up no matter what. But I think they like that, uh, you know, breathe a little bit. Because, I mean, you know the, how passionate the people are. And you and I were at uh, uh, Milton Williams and uh, Zach McPherson's seven-on-seven tourney. By the way, I got to talk about that Roman Catholic kid with you. Yeah, uh, Rob turned me on to him. But, um you know, they these guys had a short off season, and you know yeah. Zach. I mean, Zach is ripped. You know, yeah. for his and Milton for his positions in tremendous shape. But and they're young guys. Um, but man, that they played a month more than almost everybody else, and and that kind of that kind of weighs on you, and you you could feel it from those two guys. They're like, wow, we're almost ready to start start up again really really quick do you think that's going to have an impact on this team well it's funny you you we were talking about the phillies i don't think there's any question that it impacted the phillies specifically in their starting pitching the fact that their run went to a world yeah. series and yeah. went an extra month and look I, I realize they're different sports but to me there has to be a little bit of carryover and i think it's um it's not the biggest challenge Nick Sirianni's ever faced. I think winning over the locker room his first year was the biggest challenge that he faced. But this one's significant. I mean, to get everybody back to the level that they're going to need to be to have the kind of effort, especially early in the season, with a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, a lot of shuffling going on, especially on defense, as you guys have mentioned. Um, I think it's a real challenge. So, I do think there's going to be some carryover. I think training camp 
is a huge part of it. Um, I will say this, though. The one thing about football, unlike the other sports, is that there's so much turnover. The new blood does tend to keep some of that from carrying over. If you really look at the Phillies, for the most part, same roster. Sixers, we're expecting largely, I mean, who knows on Harden, but it's largely the same roster. In football, there's so much roster churn that that does help that, but it doesn't, and certainly having Jalen Hurts helps that because that's the one thing about Jalen Hurts, and I think it's a big reason why he's the guy they've given everything to, but um, certainly his on-the-field play is part of it too, but he keeps guys in line and makes sure that the effort is where it needs to be, and if he doesn't see it, he calls it out from a player perspective, and I think that matters, but it's a factor. It's something I'll be watching in camp. Rob, uh, you mentioned the Eagle defense and the potential changes this year. Has to be because there's been a talent turnover. Free agents left, new guys were brought in, draft picks, uh, how much will they step in and play year one? And the guy who will make those decisions is Sean Desai, the new defensive coordinator. We got one media sec- session with Sean uh, before they went away for the summer. Yeah. And he won the session. He's a smart guy and handled it well and kind of sucked up to the fan base. And the- <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he knows he was a temple. He knows. Yeah, he's he smart. Knows how, yeah, he knows how right. to play the verbal game here mm-hmm. in Philly. So we give him the tip of that cap for that. But how much is the defense actually going to change? Uh, we know that Nick Sirianni is the head coach. He made the decision. Uh, Sean Desai was his guy, hired him over someone that, most thought would just get elevated, much like uh, the quarterback coach becoming the offensive coordinator, chose not to go there. How much ability to do what he wants to do will Sean Desai have in place, or is this going to be a carbon copy with just a new guy on the sidelines calling plays for the Eagles this year? Uh, I do not believe it's going to be a carbon copy. Having said that, um, you know, John will tell you, when you talk to uh, Nick Sirianni, his affinity – for um, Jonathan Gannon is much higher than your average fan. I mean, he really <laughs> does respect, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the the numbers, and he would certainly challenge us if we would ever kind of question some things going on with Jonathan Gannon. But, uh, you know, it's funny, as the Eagles content producer, you spend a lot of your time, especially this time of year, going out and doing stories that are a little different. Um, and one of them I had a chance to do was with Hassan Reddick, who you guys uh, we're mentioning, you know, he hosted his football camp, 400 kids, Camden free. And, you know, just kind of talked to him about this very thing. And I said, you know, he certainly, Sean Desai, when he talked to us, said all the right things. He invoked Eagles defenses. He talked about being uber aggressive and those kinds of things. Behind the scenes, are you seeing it? He's like, oh, yeah, we're seeing it. So I can only give you that because it's hard to tell, obviously, in an OTA what we're actually going to see as it relates to real games. But in talking to players, it feels like that's coming. So I'm of the mind that we will see some more aggressive play, more aggressive style. But I'm also aware of what you said and, and totally agree with that. Like to completely just rip it up and start over, that's not happening um, because they were successful. They reached a Super Bowl more often yeah. than not. They had good games. So the bashing Gannon is, in my opinion, over the top. But I do understand the general fan consensus that against the best quarterbacks, the numbers weren't great. I also look at it and say, well, that's kind of the league. You know, the league is built to be that way. And quite frankly, I think the Eagles know it. 
I think Jeffrey Lurie said it this offseason. Said you look at it, you look at our Super Bowls, and in those games, both offenses largely scored every time they had the ball. It's yeah. just a matter of getting the stop when it matters. And um, I think they will be more aggressive, though, this season uh, to try and get those kinds of game-changing plays. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, Rob. You think about uh, 70 sacks, uh, obviously a franchise. For all the talk about Reggie and Clyde Simmons and, you know, the the soft defense is the one that got 70 sacks. The soft defense is the one that got to the Super Bowl. I think people forget that's an accomplishment in itself um, to get to the Super Bowl. Number two overall defense number one against the pass it it, it's i think there's a disconnect between the thought process of buddy ryan the old school you know body bag versus the modern game where it's about as you mentioned get the big spot at the big time the only difference between 52 and 57 is brandon graham strip that's right they were worse on defense, and Jim Swartz will tell you this because he was not happy, as you know, Rob, uh, after Super Bowl 52, giving up 500 yards to Tom Brady. Uh, but they made the play. They made the play. They didn't make the play in 57 against Patrick Mahomes. But the accomplishment is there. Are you surprised that people have kind of skipped over the accomplishment of actually making the Super Bowl? Um, yes, and no. So, yes, the accomplishment of skipping over the Super Bowl, I am surprised. It almost feels like, well, you didn't win at all. I mean, those of us that have been around the Eagles for a long time, just reaching a Super Bowl and winning an NFC championship is a significant achievement. And especially coming off of 9-8 and eight the year before, didn't beat a team with a winning record, tons of questions coming into the season, not about are they a good team, but are they top caliber team? We weren't certainly saying that as a given entering last training camp said it was possible, but certainly not as a given. Now you look at it and you enter this year as the favorite in the NFC because of all that was accomplished and everything you mentioned. Having said that, you also point out the buddy aspect and, you know, you guys have been around it long enough and the old school Eagle mentality. And there's just, look, they were intimidating. And Philadelphia is always going to gravitate toward that. You come into this town, you better earn it, period. And you earn it on the field. You earn it in your job. You earn it in the way you carry yourself. And Philadelphians respected that. Um, But, you know, I I remember the real quarterbacks doing the same thing, even to Buddy Ryan. I remember Joe Montana walking into the vet, getting his backside handed to him for three quarters and then standing in there and going, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> I mean, those things happen. And yeah. the Philadelphians have a tendency to forget it because they remember all the great times. And I, and yeah. I respect that. But to I never totally got the bashing of Jonathan Gannon. I mean, I understand that it's, a di- it, it's, ex- it's exactly as you point out. It's just a different style of defense that gets run across the NFL today. Yeah. Rob, let me ask you about quarterbacks since you mentioned Joe Montana, and I'm not putting him in the same class of Joe Montana, but uh, we did have the runner-up for the MVP here in Philadelphia last year, and Jalen Hurts got paid the way he was supposed to get paid during this offseason. Anybody who's around him, anybody who covers him knows that the guy's got his head on straight, and 
Uh, Jeff Lurie called him the most mature 24-year-old he'd ever met in his life. And I think we all concur with that. Even more than his son, by the way, which is saying something. Yeah. yeah more than yeah. Julian. So they did, did pass right over Julian. I wonder what Julian yeah. had to <laughs> no, say. Right? That. Yo, Pop, that, that, that'll, be, yeah. that'll be a McMullen exclusive. He'll yeah. get Julian yeah. on the record going. Hey, Pop, Pop's is um, going to get pushed out a little bit earlier. Right? <laughs> yeah, I right. don't know about that. Um, here's my one concern. It's this big about Jalen Hurts this year. There's no diva in him. He's just not that kind of guy. And sometimes when you get acknowledged, when you get paid, that can rear its ugly head. I don't think that's going to be an issue with the Eagles quarterback. However, he's going to get pulled in a lot of different directions this year. When you do achieve what Jalen did, ESPN wants you for a feature. Fox wants you for your NFL Network wants you for a feature. Your agent's getting you endorsement deals, which means you got to spend time doing commercials and appearances and stuff like that. Is that any legitimate worry coming into this season? Not that Jalen is going to throw up his hands, go, I'm the man, but that because he almost became the man last year, others are going to want his attention and time and everything else. Eagles have any concern for that coming into this year? So I would say fair concern for almost anybody else, not for him. And just in this regard, my experience has been in trying to do some things, even myself. And it's been exactly that. Listen, very focused. He has a very strict schedule, very regimented schedule, very distinct things that he's looking to get done. Um, I've seen him do a couple of things with some energy drinks and everything, but they seem pretty quick. They're in the off season. Um, Everybody that I've talked to, nothing has changed. If not, he's more focused on getting the job done. Um, and it's funny, too. I, I actually thought that because I remember some other times when guys would say things just in passing and all of a sudden another player might take it as a slate. Right. And Devontae, you know, talked just in passing about, you know, that fumble that he had in the Super Bowl really hurt us. And some guys that we've been around will go, yeah, it's great you point that out. Uh, you certainly passed over the 384 total yeah. yards and four touchdowns. How about that? And instead, he owned it. Said, yeah, you know what? It did. And it can't happen and it won't happen. And I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that it did. And I believe him when he says it. So I, I don't discount what you're saying because I've certainly been around it long enough to see that that can happen. I just haven't seen it yet with Jalen. Yeah, that's a good point, Rob, because a lot of quarterbacks, they would. I mean, he was the best player on the field in, in Super Bowl 57 and made a big mistake. And, yeah. you know, there are a lot of guys, if if one of their uh, players said, hey, that really hurt us, um, they would have taken it in a negative direction. Totally. Um, it's not Jalen, uh, Jalen's mentality. Nick always talks about his upbringing. They have that in common, coach's son, all that kind of stuff kind of embraces tough coaching. I I think that's an important part of his success. He really doesn't care about constructive criticism. And that's rare, maybe even a little bit more rare than it used to be in this generation. Especially in this generation, because, yeah. and it's just the, it's the nature of the world we live in. I mean, look what we're doing now, right? I mean, we're doing shows yeah. we couldn't dream of doing five, 10, 15 years yeah. ago. But, you know, the truth is these guys, uh, just like everybody their age, live on social media and the social media backlash 
is way more significant in my mind than anything they used to get on sports talk radio or certainly in the newspapers or anything else because it's incessant. It's always in your face. You can say you're going to try to avoid it. You can't. And so for him to be able to navigate all of that at the age that he is, I honestly think that's why uh, Jeffrey said what he said about his maturity, because it's the ability to handle those things while also galvanizing the locker room. And, and look, that's a real challenge when you're 23, 24, now going to be 25 years old and you walk in there, you know, he's a single guy, totally different lifestyle than a 35 year old, like Jason Kelsey, couple kids, you know, totally different lifestyle, totally different lifestyle than Brandon Graham and those guys. And I bring them up because they're the longest tenured offensive and defensive players all absolutely have seeded the leadership spot as has the, to me, the entire locker room to Jalen. Jalen kind of sets the agenda and everybody falls in line. That doesn't mean that the offensive line don't turn to Jason Kelsey. Defensive line don't turn to Brandon Graham. They do. But when you're talking big picture, let's get the guys together right before every game. This is what we're after. These are the expectations. This is, as he says, the standard. That's Jalen. All right, Rob, this is probably jumping a couple of steps ahead. We got to get through a training camp and then preseason games and uh, practices against other teams before we ever get to the first game of the season. But I want to get to the first game of the season. And uh, some roster decisions the Eagles are going to have to Wait make. Are you skipping the preseason games on NBC 10? How uh, dare you, Jody Mack? Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you, season, baby. Are, are you going to be broadcasting <laughs> those joint practices? Because between oh. you, me, and NBC 10, they actually hold more water these days than your preseason broadcast. Yeah. Well, but I apologize in advance for doing that. I wish, Jody. <laughs> Trust me. I'm, uh, understood. Definitely asking. Uh, Here's, uh, we'd love to do it. Here's where my question goes. Last year, Eagle game day, they had four running backs on their roster. And Trey Sermon was on the inactive list almost every single – what, he played two games last year, John, out of 17? Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, the bringing him up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the Jags was the game where he actually yeah, gave the Jags, a yeah, yeah, yeah. first downs in the rain. But, yeah, yeah you're right. Right, oh. but uh, – and who uh, – I'm sure somebody was hurt that week. wasn't uh, Boston or – uh, Kenny Gainwell might have missed the game. Don't don't yeah. remember which it was, but they they kept four on the roster, but basically played three all year, except for the handful of games that uh, Trey Sermon played in. They have five backs in camp, and Trey Sermon's going to have a tough time, despite it seeming that the coach truly appreciates Trey's work habits and how good he looks in practice in shorts. Uh, he's going to have a tough time making this team. They basically replaced Miles Sanders with two guys, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Are those two and Ed Kenny Gainwell and Ed Boston Scott, are they just going to keep three active on Sundays? Are they going to try and find a way to use all four of them? Is one of those guys, and uh, none of them at any point in their career, have been guys who are often on the deactivated no. list. How are they going to uh, shake out that run? I won't even ask how they're going to use them when the yeah. season starts. Who's going to get what carries and a ball out of the backfield? I just want to know who's up on game day and who's sitting <laughs> with John McMullen in the press box. Well, I look, not to, to avoid the question, but I think what you said off the shoot, it actually does matter. I think training camp settles a lot of that. I think injury could settle a lot of that. 
Uh, I think if you got to that spot where you're through camp, all four guys are doing what the back of their baseball card to borrow, you know, borrow a baseball term says they are, I think there's a world you could see a move. Um, You know, I think there's going to be some interest in, you know, a couple of their backs and, I tend to agree with you. I don't see on a game day them being able to have them all out there. So I think camp sort of determines a lot of that. But if they all make it through, they're all healthy. They're all what you would hope they'd be. Yeah, I would think that um, they at least at that point start to look at it. And you say, okay, as you pointed out earlier, you have concerns about linebacker. Entering camp, I would share them, right? Safety too. Um, So could they come out of camp and say, you know, the linebacker situation didn't settle itself the way we wanted, but a team could really use a Boston Scott and they have a linebacker that we could use. It's not impossible, but we've seen them do that before and make deals with a guy like Ronald Darby, right? Who was a guy that was in a spot where they needed him leading into the Super Bowl season. I, I could see something like that again. I think the best case scenario for them would be that everybody does play to the back of the baseball card. And then you say, okay, who's in need of a running back? Who's in need of a guy that can give you a little change of pace. And now we have something that you might want. By the way, six backs going to camp, Jody Kennedy Brooks, the great, Kennedy Brooks. The great Kennedy Brooks. Right. Uh, so don't want to show Kennedy any That's disrespect. Right. Rob, I wanted to bring up means PS usually means uh, an addition to uh, uh, something you've already written down. P.S. means practice squad here. Kennedy yeah. Brooks is uh, the best chance. Unless we're talking two big injuries, Kennedy Brooks is going to be on the practice squad at best this year. That, yeah. That's probably his upside. That That's fair to say. I did want to bring up, uh, Rob, uh, Samaj Beals simply because. <laughs> um, so Rob was telling me that, that we were, as I said, we were at the seven-on-seven uh, uh, seven tourney. Uh, that uh, Zach McPherson, Milton Williams uh, hosted in South Jersey. And I saw Rob there, and Rob's telling me, hey, watch this kid in the yellow. And I'm like, all right, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'll watch yeah. this kid. And uh, he, it, Alabama's already offered him. And I was just – NFL people for years, Rob, have told me all the innovation in football trickles up. It's like the opposite of most industries. It, sure. it it comes up from college. And even before that, it comes up from high school to college. And then it finally arrives in the pros. I was stunned. Rob has done a lot of high school work over the years for NBC 10. And you guys you know, you broadcast the big games and uh, the highlights and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I was in awe about how advanced these young kids are from these seven on seven camps. And then he took the field and it blew my mind. (laughs) Now he looks like a sophomore. He's got it. Obviously he's got to get bigger. He's got to gain weight, but the arm talent. And I'm like, why is Nick Saban looking at a sophomore? And I watched him for 10 minutes and I go, Oh, I get it. Um, how, you've been doing that kind of stuff for years. How much more advanced have these kids gotten because of these types of tournaments that they do all the time now? Yeah, significantly. And, you know, we were talking about it and I use the example of Josh McCown because I talked to him in the locker room when in his last year with the Eagles about it, because his son was a top recruit 
And at the time was actually being recruited uh, for a number of schools against the kid that is likely to be the starter at Ohio State, a young man that I was with literally just yesterday, Kyle McCord, who at the time was playing for St. Joe's Prep. And, you know, we were talking about just in the scheme of the NFL today. And I pointed out to Josh, I said, you know, this year, and this was 2019, so Carson Wentz this year is going to finish this year with 35 touchdowns and seven picks. I looked it up. Only a four guys in the history of the league have had 35 and seven. So that many touchdown passes, that few interceptions. And, you know, look, the names on the list are Brady, Manning, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And then Wentz, with all due respect, I mean, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a difference yeah. even in that season. And I just said, I'm seeing more and more of these numbers. And he said, that starts seven on seven. What we are running at the high school level and the, the, the quality of it um, and the difficulty of it compared to what it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, just gets guys more ready. And then certainly they're seeing what we all see, which is a change in the guard of tackling and hitting and leading with the helmet and safety concerns which limit the defense and when they do it makes the offense more um lethal and i think at this level coaches understand it and in the philadelphia level i think there's another aspect in our region specifically i just have not seen the level of talent to the degree that you're seeing it Right now, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Marvin Harrison Sr. was the number one guy, right? And it was him and a guy that I actually went to my high school with. I grew up with Frank Wycheck, but there weren't many. Frank Wycheck, yeah. Thank you, why, my boy. Yeah. Uh, dunked on my head circa 1990. <laughs> it was not a pleasant experience, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, there weren't a ton of guys from our region going to the NFL, right? Now, there's a world – first of all, Kyle Pitts was just the number four pick in the draft. Yeah. There's a world in this year's coming draft. Marv is a top two, three pick. Yeah. Potter's son is a top ten yeah. pick. You realize yeah. the genes help in those factors, but there is just a lot more talent at the mm-hmm. Division One level, high-end Division One level. I remember the draft real quick when the draft came to Philadelphia, getting a call from, at the time, Florida State, the SID. Hey, would you like to have Jimbo Fisher on your show? And I said, well, yeah, of course. Why? I said, well, he's really in on a tight end for Philadelphia, and he'd love to be on camera and make sure he gets seen. <laughs> you got it. I'd love to talk about all the guys at the top of this draft with a guy that actually played or coached – or, excuse me, coached against them. And it was fun. But it speaks to – it used to be the other way. It was always – and we, we saw it with DeAndre, right? DeAndre gets recruited yeah. by the very, very top – and he's a Philly kid. Very top schools. He's going to Georgia. At best, it was always, okay, Penn State, uh, local schools. Now, the top of the top, Alabama, in on a freshman from Roman Catholic. It's just, it's different. And that's really a credit to the coaches, but it's also the ability to do these seven-on-sevens, be with kids more often, and I just think it's helped. And I think it's a good thing. I really do. Let me just double-check something. You said Trot's kid, top 10 pick? Yeah. 
think so? I think top. I mean, it's top. it's early. First right? round pick. I first think round, first round. He's got I was say, is it isn't he a linebacker like his father? Yeah, that, that's didn't, difficult. Didn't the that's Lions get ripped to shreds for drafting a linebacker yeah, as high as they did? I didn't year. say the Eagles did me. Anybody's going to take a linebacker <laughs> in the top ten? Are you guys yeah. paying attention to what's going on in the National Football League? Hey, a there are guys. What are Roquan, you, <laughs> Roquan was a top 10 pick. There are guys. Yeah. Uh, Devin, a good Devin, couple years ago now, John. Yeah, Devin White was a top 10 pick. Yeah. I, I don't know. Marvin, Maybe not that high, but look, yeah. he is exceedingly highly thought of, and he's just a kid from our backyard. And just the explosion of talent from our backyard is really what I've yeah. noticed, certainly in the last five to 10 years. In, yeah. in case you didn't pick on it, I was just pipping you two guys, but I'm actually yeah. critiquing the national no, football. I was actually they have so it. devalued linebackers, it's ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, where is Samaj going? Is he gonna choose Alabama or Penn State? Yeah, yeah right. Rob. he's got I don't I don't know. He's it's got like uh, a million but, offers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you what he's Samaj, going into his junior year, so he's got another year to make up the right? line. Sophomore. He's going into his sophomore year. And McMullen wants him committing already. Yes. Come on, yes. Johnny, cut the kid some slack. Let no, him, I don't want him let him have I, his first beer first before he I was amazed. Play no. <laughs> I I was amazed at how much interest generated for a freshman quarterback. That's what yeah. I was talking about. And then Rob told me, watch the kid in yellow. He's wearing a yellow hat, yellow jersey. And I said, all right, uh, you know, how good could it be? It was pretty stinking yeah, good. Good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I kind of got it. Uh, at R. Kessner, NBC10, make sure you, you follow Rob on Twitter. Um, does a tremendous job uh, as the Eagles uh, senior producer. Uh, senior just means them old, John. That's yeah, what that means. I know. I, hey, I'm with you. I'm a senior writer, yeah. senior editor. We got three seniors here, yeah. boys. Yeah. Three seniors. Well, listen, I was going to give Jody Mack a shout out for for something, but now that he, you know, ripped me on the trotter thing, I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I'll, quick story: circa 1993, young unknown guy doing a radio show at unknown Millersville University. And I call into the listener line at WIP, get the producer on the line, say, is there any shot Jody will call? Not only does Jody call, Jody does a half hour on a show where it was me, him, and maybe my mother. Listen, nice. <laughs> God bless Jody Mack. Yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> right. I think I remember that. I've There's no way you remember that, but you're a good man for doing it. But uh, always, always you try know, and I'll do the right you, thing by the young guy. I was thinking about it. Here was here was the debate. So I was on with two of my buddies. One guy's a Maryland guy, and another guy um, just happened to be a big fan of Joe Smith. We were debating who's going to have the better career: Allen Iverson, Rasheed Wallace, or Joe Smith. Joe I was Smith, the Rasheed yeah. guy because I'm Philadelphia, and yeah. obviously we all lost that to AI. But that's okay. Yeah. Joe Smith was a hell of a player, though. He, he was. Really was. He was. He really he stuck was. around yeah. for a long Hell, time. He was yeah. in the league for a long while. That's he difficult did. competition, though. AI mm -hmm. and Rashid, though. That's yeah. Uh, no. But he was and a good AI player. Yeah, he was. Player, Gonna lose that bet. Rob, we appreciate you jumping in with us. We'll definitely be having you back on. Yeah, again. you're in the mix now, Rob. Well, you're, I'm in. You're in I'm deep. In. You're in deep. <laughs> 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, it. Our pleasure. Appreciate Thank it. you much. Right. That's uh, Rob Kessner, Eagles senior producer. Senior. Senior. When he was just a little high school guy, I was a little older, but not that much older. That, that was, that's magnanimous of you, Jody. You get the call from Millersville. Doing 30 minutes with uh, Millersville University. Uh, I'm impressed. The megatropolis that is Millersville. I didn't even know where Millersville was. So I said, yeah, fine. You need me? I can give you half an hour. I'm like, no, that's not a problem. You try and do the right things. By the young guys, great to get Rob in with us tonight. Did a nice job. We will certainly have him back. Joining us coming up in about 25 minutes is a guy who we've never had Bond before either. Oh, no, we've had him on a lot. Ed Kratz, Johnny's running buddy from uh, Sports Illustrated, is going to jump in with us. Uh, we did not review John and Ed cracked their top 10 yesterday, and we never got around to mentioning who the guys have at number 10. So we've got 10 and 9. We'll hold off on that till when Eddie joins us. Ed Kratz, about 25 minutes with us here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMone and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365, a football Friday. And only 18 days until the Eagles open up their camp and the 2023 season gets underway with a lot expected, a lot of pressure. And I want to revisit the question I asked of Rob with you, John, um, because I I don't think it's going to be a make or break. Maybe just because it's intriguing, I think that it will not be a, a major factor in whether the Eagles win 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games this year, because I think they've got it pretty well covered. But the running back question I put past Rob. Um, Boston Scott back, Kenny Gainwell back, Miles Sanders out, and he was the guy who was the workman back last year, and he's basically replaced by DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, one running back the Eagles traded for, minimal to have to give up to the Detroit Lions to get him, thought it was an outstanding deal by Howie Roseman, and Rashad Penny basically on a make-good contract. If he stays healthy and has a big year, he's going to go uh, back out on the free agent market next year and get, maybe get paid that much more. But uh, it's kind of on a sing-for-his-supper type year. And Trey Sermon back as last year, who was the fourth back who didn't get activated much. This year he's going to be the fifth back who doesn't get activated much. I don't know that they can carry five backs on this team. Um, how are they going to handle this, John? Just from a roster perspective, we saw what they did last year. Sermon got activated couple of times all season because someone wasn't quite ready to go on a given week but they kept four on the roster all year long who are those four and how do they manage it because DeAndre Swift Rashad Penny Kenny Gainwell even Boston Scott Boston did not get deactivated much uh during his career that going to be Boston Scott Scott's uh spot in life this year deactivated on game day uh, potentially, um, you know, but I, I think Rashad Penny's one of the more interesting stories of camp, as, as you mentioned, uh, I like that terminology. He's got to sing for a supper, but I would take it one further. I would, I would say, you know, he's got to be the lead back because he's not going to help in other ways. We, we talked about special teams at the beginning of the show, not going to help there. Um, so why are you going to keep him around as the third or fourth back? Um, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and you're right. I, I don't think they're going to five. We're just talking about how many off, how many defensive linemen they have. They need these roster spots to keep legitimate NFL players. And don't get me wrong. Rashad Penny is clearly, clearly the best pure runner on this team. He's always hurt. You know, we know the story. But when he's on the field, he produces. But he's always hurt. If he's not the number one back, like Swift helps in other ways because Swift can catch the football. He can do a lot of different things. Kenny Gainwell the same way. Boston Scott can play special teams. He's the top kick returner on the team, even though that becomes less and less valuable each year in the NFL. He really was a good kick returner when he took that job last year. Um, Those guys help in other ways. Rashad Penny, it's just, you know, he's going to run the football. Um, 
And if he's not the lead back, why are you keeping him around? You only paid him six hundred grand. He can easily move on. So to me, he's going to be the the linchpin. If he's here, Trey Sermon's probably hitting the waiver wire, and you know, then the practice squad if they can get him back. But yeah, I I can't see them keeping five five running backs. So. You know, what does Rashad Penny do? Does he prove, hey, I'm the guy? And that might be for five games, Jody. You know, and then he gets hurt. But he's got to be the guy for five games. And it's going to be an interesting, I think, training camp storyline. And (laughs) while I agree with Rob, and I tried to deter him for this, and he would have none of it, of course it's going to be decided by uh, what happens before the season starts. But even that makes me laugh because how much work did the Eagles actually do? You're going to make a running back decision because a guy looks good in shorts and shells. Okay, that's what it's now come down to. You used to be able to actually judge the way a guy might play on Sundays by what he did in preseason. But uh, because of the CBA and the Eagles overall stance of protecting their players, how do you really judge who's yeah, running backs? One of those positions, uh, you know, the Eagles, we talked about, they don't even do team drills. It's strictly seven on seven in the spring. They don't even do team drills. So the offensive defensive linemen, they're all doing individual work. The running backs, they get involved, but in the passing game. Um, and that's not going to help Rashad Penny, as you just no. pointed out. No. So, Yeah. But the thing about Rashad Penny, all right, you know <laughs> you're not worried about the physicality. You've seen it. You're worried about him staying healthy. I mean, but if he's not going to be the guy, I don't see why he's here. I really don't. So either to me he's the lead back, whether it's one game, five games, ten games, hopefully 18 games hopefully 20 games into the Super Bowl, 18 weeks um, in the regular season. It's unlikely, but to me, I brought him in. He's going to be my starting running back week one. That's how I would go about it. That's how I would go about it. And I would run him until he can't run anymore. And then I would move towards the more committee approach with Swift and Gainwell and Scott, um, when he does get injured. But he's better than those guys. I'm not sure the Eagles think about it the way I do. But he's a significantly, significantly better runner than all three of those guys. Right, but how do do you balance that against, we make this decision, he's the guy, oh shoot, here he goes, he's out for a month again. That's the hard part about Rashad Penny because you can love his game. You can crunch his numbers, average yards per carry off the charts. And just when you say, all right, we're committing to him, boom, he's gone. And then you're screwed. Well, that's why you got to have that contingency. You got to know in the back of your mind, all right, he's the guy until he's not the guy. And you have to have Swift ready and you have to have Gainwell ready. And Boston, you already know, is going to be ready uh, when you just pull the emergency cord he's proven it um yeah i mean but that's part of the gamble 
you know, they had, <clears throat> Jody, they had a 1,269-yard rusher last year. Say what you want about Miles Sanders, but that's not easy to replace. Right. Even with a great offensive line and a quarterback that makes it easier for running backs, which I acknowledge, it's still not easy to replace. And here's the one place that I would disagree with what Rob said. Um, he said, maybe, just maybe, if all the guys are healthy and living up to the back of their football cards, not baseball card if you're talking football players, but their, their trading card with their stats <clears throat> say they are, well, then the Eagles would have an excess and maybe they could make a trade. There's going to be no trade for a running back this year. No, teams I mean, don't value running backs. No, just look at the contracts that Rashad Penny and Boston Scott signed during this offseason. They were both free agents, they could have gone to any team that they wanted to. They both chose the Philadelphia Eagles because I'm gonna guess here that no one offered them more or even maybe as much as the Philadelphia Eagles. So there aren't teams out there that are going, God, please let us get. Give us a chance to trade for Boston. Well, there, if there's a trade like that, you remember Eli Harold? He was here for Eli Harold. Give me details. I do um, not remember Eli Harold. Uh, he was a uh, outside linebacker, defensive end, sort of tweener, uh, third round pick. Just looking him up, San Francisco third round pick. Uh, he got traded to the Eagles in 2019 in training camp for Ryan Bates, uh, who uh, at the time. Well, Ryan Bates, I remember that name. Yeah, well, he's a starter in Buffalo. At the time, um, he was an undrafted free agent. He was a rookie, Ryan Bates. Um, and uh, he wasn't going to make the Eagles, who were deep and uh, on the offensive line. And so it was just a player-for-player player trade. Early in training camp, the Eagles needed some help. Uh, didn't make the team um, and and moved on. It, 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 sometimes you see that. I, that's why I was bringing it up where, you know, you have a surplus at one position and somebody else has a, a surplus at a different position. You need that. You make a, a quick trade. And a lot of times, in the case of Eli Harold, he didn't even make the team. And it worked out for um, uh, Buffalo, um, who who got uh, Ryan Bates and has turned into not a great player, but you know he's a starter. <laughs> um, I'm sure Howie is appreciative of your bringing up a trade that he lost, Johnny Mac. Uh, that Howie doesn't like taking those L's. Well, Ryan wasn't making this team, so I mean, just wasn't. So, um, yeah. You try, you you take a flyer, um, didn't work. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a loss because Ryan developed. But he wasn't making this team. He wasn't. I mean, there's no way he was making this team. So I get the thought process. I'm just bringing up sometimes you have those player-for-player player trades in training camp, and sometimes they mean nothing, and they turn into nothing. Um, but, yeah, as a whole – somebody has a bunch of injuries, a couple injuries at running back, and they say, hey, let's get a veteran guy. And But I, I don't think the Eagles want to trade Boston Scott. I, I mean, I think they want him on this team. I think they value him to a certain level. You know, certain level. Obviously, they're signing him to one-year deals. But they know. I always bring up the utility player baseball 
uh, comparison. There's 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 an art to being a utility player in baseball. Not everybody can do it. The assumption is, oh well, this guy's better. Just put him on the roster. But if he's only playing once every five seven days, he can't do it. Whereas you have these guys with the mentality that they can do it. And 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 you know, I'm more of an old school baseball guy. I always bring up Luis Soho because he was great at it. Played every you know nine, mm-hmm. eight different positions, big hits and big situations. Now, if he had to play every day, you'd be in trouble. But he was just he he could handle it, and he and he and he excelled in the role. That to me is Boston Scott. You don't want him out there for 17 games, but if you need him, as the New York Giants can attest, he freaking shows up. I actually believe that that was the place that uh, the Eagles could lose him to. I thought the Giants might just sign him just so he'd stop scoring touchdowns against them for no other reason. If you can't uh, stop him, sign him. That's what I thought uh, Boston Scott's eventual landing spot could be, but he stays here in Philadelphia. I'm just pointing out that they've got at least one, if not too too many running backs as of right now. And he, you, you went down as far as Kennedy Brooks. Good luck on that practice squad, Kennedy. Um, the Eagles uh, now, now, did that I, make sense to you? Because I got to, that doesn't make sense to me that Penny can't be part of the rotation. Did, did, did I explain it incorrectly? Like he's not, he can be part of a rotation. Uh, I'm not saying he's going, I'm saying, but he's got to be the lead back. He's not going to be the, the third down back. He's not going to help you on special teams. Am I not explaining well, no, it you did it. You did a, good, did a good job explaining it, John. It's just the Eagles like to think of themselves as innovators. And maybe they're planning on doing something we haven't seen in the National Football League before. And I'm not predicting or projecting this. I'm just saying be careful because it's the Eagles and they like to be ahead of the curve. Maybe they have designated starters that on a given week Rashad Penny is inactive and then the next week, Rashad Penny is the starter. That on a given week, DeAndre Swift is active. And the next week, he's inactive, even though he started in the week before, carried 12 times for 65 yards and a touchdown. I, I don't know that they won't do that. That's not something you see in the NFL. It hasn't happened before, but the game and sports in general are ever-changing. So, Maybe the Eagles will try and do something altogether different this year because they're running. Well, back they, the situation you know, they often, I, I always call that stuff laboratory stuff. Uh, I'd like to call it. You remember when the Eagles, I always bring up uh, 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 21 pony, their 21 pony formation in the offseason when they had Darren Sproles and they drafted Denell Pumphrey. And they're like, yeah, these guys are tough matchups in the passing game. And, uh, they did it in the off season, seven on sevens and shorts. They did team drills back then. Um, and the minute the pads came on, they said, "Oh, somebody's got to block somebody. We can't really run twenty-one pony." My my point to if Rashad Penny and maybe Fletcher Cox in his prime is a better example of this because every year when Fletcher was the best player on defense and you know arguably the second best defensive tackle in football. Every year the Eagles would say, man, we got to, we got to start limiting his reps. He was playing too much. He was playing too many reps. Uh, And they were concerned about 
you know, wearing them down. And every year, you know, big situations. Are you going to take Fletcher Cox off the field? Nope. Big third. Nope. You're not taking them off the field. If Rashad Penny is gashing people and he's healthy, you're not taking them off the field. You're not. You're not. Uh, that's just the way the NFL works. No, but they, they are on third down. If he's having a good first and they're in the second half and it's a close game and it's third and nine, Rashad Penny isn't staying on the field just because no, he's, well, he's not a pass 65 catcher. yards no, in the first half. No, but I'm talking more of that, you know, what you were saying. Well, let's start Rashad Penny in week one, but let's not start him in week two. Well, if he gashes people in week one, no, he's going to be there in week two. Yeah, he's not going to be the the pass catching back. That's Kenny Gainwell. And 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 maybe Swift can do it as well. So we'll see how Swift factors into that. That, to me, is an interesting conversation. To me, and again, we get back to the original point with Rashad Penny and why I think he's an interesting story. He's the guy or he's not. And if he's not the guy he's probably not going to be on this team. All right. Well, I'm saying, John, and maybe this, I, I would give this a, and, and less, by the guy, I mean, 10% Miles chance of happening, but maybe just maybe this year, the Eagles go the load management route. And I'm not talking in game. I'm talking sitting. Yes. That if Rashad Penny's played three games in a row and dodge a bullet and he's played real well, guess what? Rashad Penny inactive week four, even though he's had three good yeah, games. Why? See, yeah. Load management. If it's leaked into other sports, it can leak into the NFL. Well, well, anything can leak in. I'm not saying it's anything's possible, but that'll be the that that will be innovative because if a guy's playing well and he's healthy, and you're sitting him for load management, I mean, yeah, nobody did it until Greg Pak. Popovich exactly. did it. Somebody's right. got to be the Somebody's first. Somebody's got to do it first. And Somebody's got to do Eagles it first. Like to be ahead of the curve. Just, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I just see saying, it. Just saying. Keep an eye out for it this upcoming year. He's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac on Birds 365. One special Ed Kratz is up next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. on a football Friday. We've only got a couple summer football Fridays left before the Eagles open up camp. Then it'll be an actual football Friday. Lucky enough to get Ed Kratz to join us on a football Friday. We don't usually have Kratz on Fridays, do we, John? This is like a, a special Ed Kratz appearance, is it not? Um, We get him during the season on Fridays a lot, but yeah. Did we? Um, yeah. I thought we'd have Ed on earlier in the week. A lot of football Fridays, football right? Fridays, I, all right. I, I, everything runs together. <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Jody. I'm okay, all right. Maybe I'm just making stuff up. All right, here's what I just made up last segment, Ed. If you didn't catch it, John thinks I'm like whistling in the wind, and I probably am. This upcoming season, with Rashad Penny being the back that he is, tremendously talented. Uh, stats off the charts, yards per carry, everything else, but also a history of injury that he misses games every single year. This year, the Eagles use him, but take him off the roster on certain weeks for load management. That They deactivate him on given weeks, even if he played well the week before, because if you use him, if you overuse him, the injury's going to happen. So why don't we manage it? by just not even dressing him for a game, that they have enough depth in that backfield that they can give Rashad Penny weeks off at a time via load management. Any chance the cutting edge ahead of the curve Philadelphia Eagles go down the road that, that road this year? Yeah, I listen, Nick Sirianni likes to ride the hot hand. Uh, he said that before. And what are, you, what are you saving Penny for if you have all this depth? I mean – He's only here on a one-year deal. You may as well run him into the ground if you can. I mean, yeah, you're Kratz. going the exact opposite. Exactly. Common sense, hurt. Baby. Common sense. <laughs> run him until you can't run him. Exactly. I'm with you. It's. I mean, it's a big year for him. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, given the state of the running backs in the NFL and how they, you know, all the talk of them being undervalued, and they are. 
you know, Penny has to come out firing and he has to keep firing until, you know, the end of the season if he wants to keep playing in this league. So I think he would resist wanting to sit down, uh, especially if he's rolling. Uh, I, I say you just keep rolling with him week to week, each week. Yeah, plus uh, knowing well, Nick Sirianni, the further I think about it, we were discussing this, Ed, um, and Jody's load management uh, theory, you know, nobody did it in the NBA till Greg Popovich. There's always got to be an, a, a first. But to me, it's not going to be Nick Sirianni because if you think about it, well, if you say, let's say Rashad Penny is the starting running back and plays well against New England and plays well against Minnesota. And then you say, oh, Tampa Bay stinks and you're going to sit him down. Boy, that's just not Nick Sirianni's mindset. I mean, he, he right, it, but it, John, John, let me ask you a question. Is Nick Mary Nick Sirianni's mindset less work in preseason is good? Um, well, I think that's an organizational mindset. Well, I think he's, then maybe the organizational decision is that they use a running back yeah. by committee and or, give some guys some load management. I, you know, we, we we talk about a lot and and it happened with Doug Peterson and I think it was Ben Solak was on the show and brought brought up that, hey, you know, coaches in Philadelphia don't have as much power as they do in certain other cities. And and I said, you know what, Ben's right. I, if they did that to Nick Sirianni, I think that's the first sign of, hey, there's going to be some issues. I do not think he would accept that. If Rashad Penny, remember the situation, and it's all hypothetical. He's playing well. He's playing well. And then he's going to told, oh, you got to sit Rashad Penny down for load management. I do not think that would go over well. Ed? I, I agree. I, you know, and listen, I, I think the Eagles load management philosophy comes during the week leading up to a game is they'll rest players and, and not let them practice. I can't remember – anytime where they sat a player on game day just to kind of manage his load. Um, and, and again, what are you saving Rashad Penny for? He's, he's here for one year. I, I I doubt he comes back next year, no matter what kind of year he has. I don't think he's coming back. So well, if he, if he plays well, he's not coming back. And if he plays poorly, he's not coming, he's back. not coming back. So, so I'm with you. So see all of the above. I, he's yeah. not coming back. I'll, I'll yeah. play Howie Roseman for you. What am I saving him for? January. That's what you're saving him for. That if he's rushing for 125 yards and two touchdowns in a late September, early October game, that's a really good thing. Eagles want to win games in January and February. And that's what you're saving Rashad Penny for. Yeah. I, again, you go to the depth of this team and, you know, Kenny Gainwell, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Kenny Gainwell is expecting a bigger role this year. He came out and told us that when we, talk to these guys back in May and June that he's expecting a bigger role. And, that, and then you have Boston Scott and, and, you know, Trey Sermon. I'll tell you this, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Rashad Penny in these three preseason August games or, or DeAndre Swift. I, we're going to see a lot of Trey Sermon, probably some Kenny Gainwell and maybe some Boston Scott. And they also have that uh, Kennedy Brooks, right? The undrafted free agent runner from Oklahoma. I mean, he'll, we'll see a lot of him in August. Uh, so oh, yeah, we're going to see a lot of Kennedy Brooks in the preseason games. That's He's where they're going to manage their load, so yeah. to speak, with Penny and Swift. They're not going to play a lot in, in August. 
And oh, by the way, and I'm not accusing either of you two guys doing it, but others, maybe John once in a while, but not not that often. Ken Kenny Gainwell had that great playoff run. No, Kenny Gainwell had that great playoff game against the Giants. He didn't do all that much against the 49ers, and he may have had more carries than uh, Miles Sanders in the Super Bowl. Seven rushes for 21 yards, nothing special. Kenny Gainwell didn't have a great playoff run. He had a great playoff game against the Giants. But people lump it in as if Kenny Gainwell took the running back spot away from uh, Miles Sanders. No, he, he... he had one big game and then two mediocre games thereafter. Yeah, I just think it was the confidence level that Nick Sirianni, you know, as the season went on, they showed more confidence in Kenny Gainwell. I mean, I think that's it more than the fact that he had a great. Well, I think it's Miles got season. banged up. I mean, Miles was banged up. He had the knee injury. Right. Uh, you know, the incident that I won't bring up. He had the knee injury. Um, and then he got hurt in the first play of the Super Bowl with the hands. Um, I think it had more to do with Miles getting injured, but the Eagles were very happy with Kenny Gainwell. That's my point. They were very happy with the way he played down the stretch of the season. Remember, he had a bad year. Yeah, they kind of disappointing regular season, and all of a sudden, he he showed a little bit of juice late, and and the team was very happy with the way he played. Uh, when Miles got banged up, and it kind of worked out for him a little bit. Um, it, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to me. It's Kenny Gainwell versus DeAndre Swift, right? Because they're very similar players. They're both very good receivers. Um, Kenny's a better inside runner than people give him credit for. He's been very good in the red zone. Um, you know, who's going to be the third down bet back? Cause Swift is a very good receiver. And, and I go back to Penny to button up Penny. And this is what I've been trying to get across. Evidently, I'm not explaining it well to the listeners. If if Rashad Penny's not the lead back, and by lead back, I'm saying Miles Sanders. So think about Miles Sanders last year. If he's not that guy, should he even be here? Because, you know, then you start talking about what you said, Ed. He's only here for one year anyway. You only guaranteed him six hundred grand. Nick Sirianni keeps bringing up Trey Sermon. I don't, I don't know if it's real or not, but he keeps bringing him up unprompted. Uh, Boston Scott, you know, they have confidence in. If he's not the lead back, why is he even here? Insurance, I guess. Uh, but you're right. If you're looking at, you know, reducing the roster at the running back position. You're not going to cut Kenny Gainwell because he's that definition of cheap labor that Howie Roseman likes to talk about. He's signed through next year. Yeah. You have two years left with him. Uh, same with Trey Sermon. You know, you have two years left on his rookie contract. Uh, so you're looking at your one year guys, DeAndre Swift. They're not going to cut him because they traded for him. They gave up a fourth round pick. Uh, and I, to me, I think he's going to be the lead back. And I think they're going to mix Penny in. Uh, you know, occasionally. Um, but if you're looking for guys to cut, Penny could certainly be, you know, on that block because of, like you said, the one-year deal, you're only guaranteeing him $600,000. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't make this team, but I would be surprised. You know, Boston Scott, 
the team loves him. He's he's the guy that was taking the first team reps in the spring, right? Uh, yeah. Again, he's a one-year deal type of player. Uh, can catch the football like Swift and like Gainwell can. I mean, he he might be the extra part that, you know, maybe they part ways with him. But I don't think you're going to keep, what, four running backs or five running backs on the roster? Well, you're definitely not keeping five. No. I, so, I think they keep four. But I guess my whole point is if, if Rashad Penny's not one, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know he's got a role because he's not going to help as a receiver. He's not going to help on special teams. Now, maybe you're right about the insurance part because DeAndre Swift, if he's the lead back, I think people kind of forget he's had injury problems as well. Mm-hmm. He's never played more than 13 games. He's never run for more than 617 yards. So maybe insurance, but he's not he's not playing special teams. He's not playing as a third down back. So to me, it's either he's part of the equation or if he's not, then he's out the door. Yeah. And he's listen, he's a fun guy to watch. If you look at some of his highlights going through. Oh, the years, yeah. I mean, he's he's a bowling ball. He's a load coming through the middle of a defense. So. Uh, again, it, it, you're right. I mean, it, what would his role be? Would he be happy with a kind of a reduced role, maybe playing 10 to 12 snaps a game? Uh, if that, uh, you know, the, that the, the way the running back position is, I think you, you'd be happy with that. If you're Rashad Penny, you want to make this team and you contribute whenever your number's called. And that's that, because if you have to test the market in August, uh, you know, it's going to be awfully hard to find another team unless there's an injury that crops up through the course of, you know, training camps or early in the season. But, you know, if you're Rashad Penny, you know, you'll take whatever roles handed to you. Uh, and you're right. The question is, will he have a role and what will that role look like? Ed, uh, we've been talking about the running backs, talked about how's it going to be decided, who's going to make the co- the coaching staff, the organization, do you actually attempt to judge what the guys can do in preseason when preseason isn't what preseason used to be? And if that's the case, how are they going to judge who should be the starting right guard on this team this year? Hmm. There isn't going to be a ton of film work. He's doing great in moving his feet on a drill on the sideline. Is that or just do you trust Stoutland? the Stoutland University knows that they can judge by the guy standing there and be able to look at them and go, there's our best right guard. How are they going to judge who gets the nod at right guard for the Eagles this year? Well, I mean, it's, it is going to be a battle and they'll, they'll have the eye in the sky. They'll be taping every rep at practice. And, you know, we may not see that battle during the preseason, uh, you know, in the games, I mean, but we we'll see. I mean, the Eagles are hosting two joint practices, right? I think the Browns come here and yeah, Browns and Colts, Jim Schwartz and Shane Steichen, Ed Kratz. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see a lot of the, that battle in those practices, I'm sure. And, you know, well, maybe we'll start to get a good idea of how that battle's going once the preseason games do hit, once the actual games happen, because then we'll see who's going to be out there more reps than, uh than the other guy but they have their ways of judging and you know evaluating offensive line play led by Stoutland you know Stoutland's opinion carries a lot of weight so you know that'll be a decision probably offered by Stoutland and Sirianni and company will have to agree on it and and we'll go from there but 
I think Cam Jurgens right now is going to get most of those reps. I'm not sure they want to turn <clears> this job over to a rookie. Uh, you know, in a, in a year when they really have Super Bowl aspirations. But John made this point, and I got to give him credit for it. I had not thought along the slides. I said, oh, shoot, he's exactly right. Do you judge who's going to be the starting right guard more by Jason Kelsey than anything else? If he's going to be given downtime in preseason, because he is, he always yeah. does. They take care of their veterans. They don't play. Well, then who's getting the number one center reps? If it's not going to be Kelsey, if they're going to give him downtime and Jerkins is the guy who's jumping in there, well, doesn't that tell you that they want Jerkins to be the backup center more than they want him to be the starting right guard and that they really believe Steve, that Steen's going to be able to jump in and take that job? Do you, How much does Jason Kelsey's status on the sideline depict who's going to be the starting right guard? Yeah, they're going to have to find somebody because Kelsey takes the day off every week uh, during practice, right? He takes that one practice yeah. day off, Veterans Day off. And uh, who's going to take the center reps? Is it going to be Cameron Tom or or, or Cam Jurgens? Uh, you know, if you commit to Jurgens being your uh, right guard, uh, what, then you're going to have to find somebody else. I don't think yeah. you would move him back to center during the week to interrupt what he's trying to learn <laughs> at right guard to get ready for a game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. Uh, and I know the Eagles want to get something out of, out of uh, uh, Cam Jurgens. I mean, they spent a second-round pick on him last year. You're signed for four years. This is year two. Uh, I would think they'd want to start seeing some return in year two on that investment. And, and if they have to wait till year three, then, you know, all of a sudden you only have two years with Cam Jurgens before you have to give him another contract if he plays well. So uh, I really think that – They'll manage that center position with reps if it's Jurgens at right guard. I don't think Jurgens will flip back to center, um, maybe for an occasional rep here and there just to keep sharp at that position. But I think you have to commit to Jurgens being your right guard and you have to keep him there. And you find someone else like a Cameron Tom or, you know, whoever else can snap the ball at center. I'm not Brett sure. Brett Toth, baby. Brett, Brett Toth. Brett yeah. Toth. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done it, has he? I mean, he's kind no, of... No, yeah, he got he got hurt playing center in week 18. Uh, they moved him to center uh, yeah. when he tore his ACL. So. so it could be tough. Yeah, I mean, he could be your backup center then. Um, because well, you can't, you now, can't to me... It's not fair to Jurgens as a second-year guy to make him go back and forth. Well, that's why it, of the 100 minutes the <laughs> we got in the spring... That was the most interesting thing I saw because on in the second practice, and, and again, it's only individual drills because they only do seven-on-sevens, but in the second practice, Kelsey took it off and Cam, uh, uh, Cam Jurgens was taking reps at center. And I thought that was interesting, but I don't know why. Because to me, it could signal one, it could signal two things. They're so confident in Cam Jurgens, they don't care. And they're going to toggle him back and forth. And every time Kelsey gets a day off at training camp, uh, he's going to be center. And, and they're going to try to get Tyler Steen some reps at right guard. Or they really, really, really want to look at Tyler Steen at right guard. It could be either one. But I agree with you, Ed. It, it, you're either so concrete on Cam Jurgens, or you don't believe in Cam Jurgens at right guard. And I think it's one. Of, I said Penny 
it's also one of the most interesting storylines because you're right. When it hits the regular season, if Cam Jurgens is the right guard, there's no moving back and forth during the week when you're preparing for teams. He's got to be the right guard, and you got to find a backup center. I think, and this is only a think, and I want to make this clear to the listeners, this is my opinion. I really think they hope Tyler Steen can play as a rookie. I really hope. I really think they hope that because Cam Jurgens is going to be a good center. I don't know. He'll probably be competent right guard. Why not wait another year? Who cares? Who cares? Um, I, I, I think there's too much emphasis on he's got to be on the field because he was a second-round pick. Yeah, I just think it's a value thing. I mean, you, you know, you're losing value after taking him in the second round and not getting him on the field. But, but it is interesting that when you talk to the players, and, you know, we were, I was at the Jason Kelsey bartending thing and uh, talked a little bit to Jason, you know, just individually. And he, whenever they talk about that right guard, it's like whoever it's going to be. It's not like they're saying, you know, Cam or Tyler. I mean, they, they don't even know. They're, they're saying, you know, whoever Jack Driscoll. Throw Jack Driscoll in there as well. Yeah, I mean, Driscoll, sure. I think Driscoll's probably your reserve tackle. Um you know, given the, the depth at that position, that's a whole nother issue is who, who's your, your swing tackle, you know, that uh, a role that Dillard kind of filled last year, the last couple of years. So that's a whole nother issue is who's your swing. Tackle. I think it's Driscoll. So I'm not sure he's even in the mix, but uh, yeah, I, you know, it's going to be tough for a rookie to come in there. I mean, he really has to stand out day one and keep getting better as camp goes on for him to win that job, in my opinion, because you don't, I'm not sure you want a rookie out there. Um, even though you're playing between Kelsey and Johnson, two of the all time greats in this game. Uh, it's a big ask for a rookie to step in uh, and perform at such a high level. That's going to get this team where it wants to go. Ed Kratz, while you were down in CIO when they had the big gathering for Eagles autism, did you perhaps see Quez Watkins? Did he get down there to prove that he could stretch the beach? The same way stretched as the field for the Eagles this year was he wanted the attending it because they had a bunch of guys that showed up down there. Uh, I think Quez is going to be another one of the interesting stories this year. I, I, I shame on me. I should have known this. I just found it out yesterday. He got almost triple his salary from what it was supposed to be because of the performance bonus that he got as per the collective bargaining agreement. I thought there was a chance that they might even move off Quez. Now I don't believe that's the case. So if he's going to yeah. be here, he's going to be playing. The coach likes him a lot. He's given a verbal backing this offseason. What kind of year is Quez Watkins going to have? Yeah, you know, he wasn't in Seattle stretching the beach, Jody. Did, he should have been there. I he's got to prove that he can stretch that beach. <laughs> Maybe he was, you know, working out somewhere else, uh, you know, oh, getting he was ready. In, he was in Ocean City while everybody else was in Seattle. <laughs> How did I not know that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where Quez was that day, but uh, probably Texas would be my guess. Working out somewhere with Exos or whoever, but yeah, yeah. He, you know, it, obviously a pivotal year for him, and he and he is going to be on this team, and he's going to be in that mix to be the third receiver with with the great and wonderful Oz uh, <laughs> Alamide Zach. Alamide Zacchaeus. I love when I get the opportunity. Alamide Zacchaeus. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, he's going to have a pivotal role. I don't know what kind of year he's going to have. There's just not a lot of traffic. I mean, you know, he, he was targeted, what, 50 times last year, which is a pretty decent amount of traffic for a number three receiver when you're talking about Smith and Brown on the outside, uh, you know, and Goddard 
as a tight end, but you know, he's going to have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes his way. Uh, you know, he's going to have to f- learn to fight for the ball, be more physical as a receiver. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see where that lands him because this is a pivotal year and he's going to be on the team and they're thin at receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be one of those guys that to me isn't going anywhere. And we're going to see a lot of him in August. I think we're going to see, uh, the Eagles throw him the ball. Jalen Hurts get him the ball as often as, as he can. And uh, we'll see him in the preseason games. And, you know, we'll see what kind of year he has. But he wasn't at the shore doing any celebrity bartending with Kelsey. There were a lot of other guys there. He Goddard was there and Fletcher Cox was there. Lando, Lando becoming a star. Lando, Lando Dickerson, Dickerson was down there and Brandon Graham and even Trent Cole showed up, which was Was, was Jordan there? Because Jordan no, had Jordan, to go out to Hawaii. Uh, he was get probably married. getting ready for the big wedding yeah, the nuptials. Yeah. So he was not there. He was there in year two. Um, yeah. Barwin and Trent Cole were there. Uh, surprising. I mean, I know Barwin works in the organization, but yeah. you know, Trent Cole took a, took a day off, I guess, from hunting, uh, you know, wildlife. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't uh... out in Indiana. Or now remind me, Jody, we, we got to get to our top 25 si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. But before that, I want to get to you, Ed. Um, uh, first of all, I see it all the time. Calais Ringo is going to sign before training camp. Please don't worry about that, fans. Please do not worry about that. Uh, he will be signed before training camp. But um, are the Eagles going to bring in anybody else before camp? Give me percentage-wise. Could be a linebacker. Could be a receiver. Anybody else before training camp? Do we see a little bit? a tweak um, to this roster by Howie Roseman. Well, I I've said like Dalton Reisner, the Bronco, you know, the former Broncos free agent playing guard. Um, you know, this guy's That's made interesting. You think it's going to be a guard. If they bring in one, well, they, love, they love, they love, they love the guard. trenches, Jody. They, they do. I know the guy's got 62 starts as, as a guard in the NFL. I mean, Steen has zero, obviously. Jurgens has zero, obviously. Uh, so, to me, where's the harm in bringing in kind of like a guy like Reisner who can bring some of that experience? And if he doesn't make the team, fine. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little surprised they haven't signed him already. Um, but to me, he would probably be at the top of my list of guys that they could bring in uh, at some point between now and training camp starts or shortly after training camp begins once they get a line on Jurgens and Ristine. Interesting name for Eddie Kratz. I can't believe it wouldn't be a linebacker, but you could be right, AK. All right, yeah, as John mentioned, I've been uh, uh, running down the guys that you and John uh, put together, your top 25 list, uh, each of you getting uh, equal voting and uh, doing the math and, and coming up with the guys as to where they rank. We didn't do it yesterday and or today. Jordan Mailata at number 10, Darius Slay at number nine. And I put together my own list because you guys did it. I felt I should put in the same amount of work. I have Jordan Mailata even higher on my list. I have him at number eight. I'd slay further down at number 10. Uh, you guys had Bradbury at 12. I got Bradbury. He's not uh, on my list yet, which means he's in the top eight. Hmm. Why slay over Bradbury? Eddie, you first. Slay over Bradbury. I just think, uh, you know, the experience that Slay has, I know Bradbury has a lot of experience, but I, I you know, I just think Slay is probably uh, 
to me, a, a better defender, uh, you know, in the, in the past game. I, I just feel that he is. I mean, Bradbury is a good player, but I don't think he's as, quite as good as Slay. And there's only, we're only talking about what three different, uh, you know, difference of three in the rankings. Right, yeah. Close, they're close. Close, yeah. But I just think, I just give Slay a little bit of an edge. Uh, you know, I just think he's a little bit better of a shutdown corner. Now, that said, he's 32 years old. And, you know, Bradbury's 30, or he will be 30 in August, I think. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Slay, to be honest. But, you know, based on what he's accomplished these past few years, uh, I just think he's a little bit better than Bradbury. Yeah, I would say two words, uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, when the Eagles do need to lock somebody down, uh, they still default to Slay. So they're telling you. Uh, what they think of the player um and i get it he's 32 and uh he had the great first half and kind of slipped a bit in the second half so people are concerned about the age but you know five-time pro bowl cornerback lockdown corner Bradbury's great zone corner uh but there's a difference and you know when I was if talking much, to AJ Brown. How much? How much? What? What do you think the percentage is of man to man and zone the Eagles are going to play this year in secondary? Um, more, far more zone as they yeah. did, but when they need the man and they play a lot of matchup zone, which is sort of man like. Um, when they when they do play man, and again Justin Jefferson, they give it to Slay because he's better at it. Um, and it, it's, he's one of the best, he's been one of the best in the NFL for years. And that's why I still rate him above. James had a great season, phenomenal season. And this is a perfect defense for James Bradbury. So for everybody who doesn't like this scheme, I mean, it fits certain players perfectly. And yep. James would be at the top of that list. They're both really good players. It's a, great problem to have but again if you, if you have justin jefferson out there they're going to give him the slay but he, even with just, the unbelievable game against justin jefferson pff had bradbury ranked higher than slay last year if i'm not mistaken johnny Mack? no slay was still higher slay was, was uh i'll look it up real quick um um, yeah, you know, I, I like the depth they have behind those two guys too this year i mean yeah, I, they, they got a lot of cornerbacks in camp yeah, they have better. They have better, and that enabled them to move Zach McPherson to the slot. Yeah, I like Greedy Williams. I, you know, I think he'll if he can. Another guy that's injury prone, but I like Greedy Williams, and I, and I like Keely Ringo. I, as a rookie, you know, uh, he just turned twenty one. Keely Ringo, which is yeah. amazing yeah. to me, um, but I like him too. So I, I like those two players behind Slay and Bradbury. Slay was 21, Bradbury was 27. Okay, so Slay slightly ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm projecting Bradbury a little bit better this year, mainly because, as you pointed out, John, second half you saw a drop-off. Now, hey, maybe Slay turns it around. First half is the same as the second half this upcoming year. Uh, back to being big play Slay for an entire 16-game season. I don't like it when a 32-year-old guy has a lesser second half than the first half. That's why 
I had to put Bradbury ahead of Slight, but that that's just me. All right, so you guys got your top eight. We'll keep an eye on it in Sports Illustrated. By the way, just as a little foreshadow, um, number I think SI the 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 uh, higher powers. I think they missed July fourth, so I'm not sure where we are. I don't think number eight's out there yet, so I won't say no, it. It will be um, out this afternoon. I'm uh, in charge of doing that one, and uh, that'll be out this afternoon. Uh, and then uh, number seven, I'll be doing, and that is the first one where Jody Mack broke the tie for between number six and number seven. Because Ed and I had, were completely deadlocked. Uh, he had one player at six. I had him at uh, seven and vice versa. So we had to go to Jody Mack to break the tie. You know, it's interesting. From number 12, which was Bradbury. Um, number 11, which was Landon Dickerson. Number 10, which was Mylotta. Number nine, which was Slay. And number eight coming up. Ed and I had them exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, Which is pretty amazing. No tiebreaker yes. needed, but number seven was an offensive player or a defensive player? Number uh, seven. Offensive. Uh, it's going to be an offensive player. Right. Number eight, I'll tease number eight, defensive player. He was number 10 on our list last year. He's moved up two spots. Very nice. That's uh, rising quickly. Eddie, we'll uh, let you go. Have a great rest of your afternoon. You know we're going to be getting you on before uh, uh, the season gets underway. As soon as the Eagles open up camp, you'll be back with us. Thanks much for doing it today. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz from SI.com, John's running mate at Sports Illustrated. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. You know what we need to do. Put a bow on the show for today's Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Magamac Guides, putting the ball on the show here on uh, Birds 365. Not only the show, but the week as well. Next week, yeah, we got another countdown. We're getting that much closer to the opening of camp. We got a couple more of those before we actually get camp open up on uh, Tuesday the 25th will be the day that uh, camp officially opens um johnny mac i uh, thank you for getting rob kestner involved we've never had him on the show before senior producer for the eagles for nbc 10 did a great job with us today as did uh eddie kratz um i had you look up the pff rankings for me shame on me uh slay was ahead of bradbury it was all pro that i was thinking Bradbury made all pro yes, last year. Second Slade team did. all pro, yes. And uh, and Slade didn't. I knew there was one rating slash ranking no. where Bradbury actually beat out Slade. I just uh, identified the, the wrong one. It'll be interesting to watch those two go against each other. Still, I uh, not gonna move off my best three man combo at cornerback in the National Football League. It's the Eagles. And there's a drop-off to number two. I don't know that anybody else has got the three guys at corner that the Eagles do, including Avante Maddox, one of the best slot corners in the National Football League. All right, coming up this week, I'm hoping to be able to wrang- wrangle Jimmy Kemsky. He did, for those of you who Dumpster missed bars. it. Dumpster bars. Yeah, we got to get the dumpster. We haven't had Jimmy. We try and get him on every year when he does a dumpster fire comp. Because they are some of the most entertaining columns done. All, all apologies, Johnny Mack, who's a great Eagles columnist as well. But he came up with this years ago. And I, I look forward to reading them every single year. Not only the column itself, but then the responses thereafter from all the fan bases. <laughs> Think that Kemsky is just dumping on them. And that, oh, yeah, he is. That's exactly what he's doing with tongue implanted in cheek. In case you didn't figure it out. Like I didn't the first time I read one. Went right over my head going, man, he's harsh. Wow, Jimmy really doesn't like them. Then I realized, oh, he's doing that on purpose. So they are going to try and get Kempsey this upcoming week. Uh, I, I will effort that. Uh, but it uh, should be a fun week next week. You in for all five days next week? I'm planning on being here. How about you? Yeah, man, five days. Yeah, uh, I'm used to these three-day weeks. We got to get back to five Yikes. days. Yeah, we got yeah. we got to do five full shows next week. Yeah, man. It, it will be our pleasure. Thanks to everybody who streamed in. If you hit the like button on the way out the door, won't hate you for it. If you could, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Johnny Mac and I will be back on Monday, same bad time, same bad channel, in two and two days. 
You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.